Welcome to Revere Assets, Your Money, with Danny Stewart. You never know how far the stock is going to go down. Tim Razor. Danny knows I'm a geek for all of this stuff. And Don Vandenborg. Telling it like it is. If you're seeking the best stock knowledge this side of Wall Street, you've come to the right place. I'm sorry, did I steal your stuff? No, you didn't steal any thunder. Who's handling this segment? (laughs) For the next hour, Danny, Tim, and Don will be talking investing. Investing is 90% psychological, and I love that. Trades. The market will usually overshoot to the downside and to the upside. And dumpster fires. Because it doesn't matter what you think or what I think, and it matters even less what Danny thinks. And now, here's your hosts... Danny, Tim, and Don. There's a lot, um, obviously, going on in the world right now. I don't want to... Um, I don't want to just lead with uh, Ukraine, uh, markets bad, you know, and, and all the bear talk that's going on. I think we should ease into it. Danny. So <laughs> before I went to Daniel's dressing room to get him to start the show, which is what seems to happen. Zach and I were talking with the fellas earlier. I had to primp and, you know. <laughs> and Dan- Danny does <laughs> this my move. makeup, studio makeup on. That's Danny's right. usually on one of the three phones on his desk, and, um, and then we have to go get him in his dressing room to say, yeah. Danny, we're ready to start the show. But then that talk. Uh, led to before I came and got you to start the show, we were doing uh, movies Danny would star in, and and because that originated from it's kind of like Red Dawn right now because Red Dawn's trending on Twitter right. with what's happening on in Ukraine. Remember? Really, really, yeah, I mean, Patrick Swayze. Right? Yeah, it's it a Red good Dawn movie. I've seen it. Yeah. Fighting the Ruskies. Yeah, fight yeah, that's the, right. they, Patrick's they Colorado. Them, but yeah. They remade Red Dawn, I think. So there's a newer they Red did. Dawn. They, they did. did. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. It's, so, it's, it's pretty good. I mean, I, I watched it a while. It's oldish. Like, oh, I've only seen old. the yeah, original back in the eighties. So, yeah. I, and I haven't seen it since. But then this morning, and and because and this all originated, Danny from Zach comes in and we're talking. He goes, "You're going to talk about Ukraine." I'm like, "I don't really want to," uh, I, because there's nothing value added that we can talk about Ukraine and markets. That we can just talk markets and stocks and and things that are happening and where we think the the ball's moving to, you know, where markets are moving to. Right. That, that's helpful. But talking about Ukraine and break, breaking down geopolitical economics is not, I think, <laughs> going to be an entertaining show. So which then... Like, <laughs> we'll save that for the public right. radio, public yeah, TV. Yeah. Yeah. You're listening to Delicious Dish <laughs> on, on KPNW. Not, not tuning into your money for geopolitical takes. No, no. And, no because you've already heard this. And, and the people that would listen to the show... Are, are probably doing a couple things. They're probably glued to their news channel already. So they, all, they know everything, right? But then Zach and I are talking, and this is a very callous war that's going on right now, and I mean that by Americans, because trending on Twitter is not only Red Dawn with pictures of Patrick Swayze. Yeah. Um, it's also Captain America and Winter Soldier. Okay. Like they're, they're, they're making all the meme. Like this is a meme war. Right, and like it, but there's real, there's real things at stake in real lives. I'm like, it's so callous right now. Like, it's like we're unaffected by this, the, but we are affected. The by keyboard this. warriors are out in droves. Oh yeah, yes. And so, uh, and it's kind of, it's a little shocking to be honest with you. Like, I'm not, like there, there's real missiles being being launched and real lives being affected, and folks over here are just callous about it, and it's a little bit. 
I don't know if unnerving is not the right word, but it's a little, little shocking. I was. I was a little shocked by that when yeah. I was uh, scrolling through this morning. But I'll, I, I'll be walking a fine line with the thumbnail this morning. Yeah. Well, I think, <laughs> I think I we can all agree offensive. Yeah, that right. uh, Danny, uh, as, a, as a Patrick Swayze, Red Dawnish type character on the thumbnail, is something That's we should go fun. for. I mean, yeah. Yeah. But so you could have me off oh, riding no, no. a horse without my shirt like Putin did. Remember it's perfect. Picture no, thanks. <laughs> Hold on. He might be on to something here. Yeah. Um, oh that's God. actually maybe multiple Dannys from multiple films. Yeah. Okay. Maybe Winter Soldier Danny. Maybe uh, Putin Danny. Sure. Uh, maybe Red Dawn Danny. Maybe Danny and Shawshank Redemption if we want to revisit his take that he wanted his CFA credentials more than he wanted his freedom. <laughs> That's a real thing you said. That's a real thing prison. I want to talk about markets real quick and, and what's happening here. So big, big, everyone knows big reversal Thursday, right? So oh, open up down and you have this uh, tremendous, tremendous reversal happening in markets. And so um, I think it helps to take a look though at what, what's happening. Like uh, NASDAQ's now up a percent. And when I, when I was driving in this morning, the NASDAQ was actually underperforming a lot. And so let's take a look. We'll do, uh, instead of the uh, indices, let's do the uh, ETFs here. We'll do SPY up 1.7% today on, back of, on the back of yesterday's uh, reversal. And then we'll do, uh, let's do the diamonds, the DIA. And charts are running slow today, so you have to bear with me here. Diamonds are up almost 2%. How about the IWM? IWM, though, is up 1.13, so it's underperforming the S&Ps. And the Dow and uh, the QQQ is kind of like uh, the small cap. And so what is that about? Like why were, were there some of the most exciting names in, in markets? You know, why the QQQ and, and, and the Russell for that matter? Why are they underperforming? And that's, that's the question to ask because you're just kind of up here at a resistance level uh, when you look at the diamond. I mean, yeah, when you look at the, uh, not the, the, the NASDAQ. Used to be the quad people, mm-hmm. yep. um, and just kind of up here in this uh, vicinity of the eight. It's a tremendous reversal, and you don't want to downplay. But there's a couple of things I want to point out that are still happening with markets. And maybe we get up to the twenty-one. Maybe that's where the battle is for the market's heart. You know, if we're going to go um, vacillate up to uh, close to recent highs, or if that's where uh, markets want to pull back a little bit. But it's interesting what's happening here with the VIX. And so the VIX is actually still inverted. And this is the, and I point this out because it's the first time last week when it, it happened, it's the first time when the VIX got inverted last week on the show, and we kind of did it live, that, um, that it worked. And that's emblematic, I think, of what's happening with markets. They're, they're normalized, where the Fed's going to <laughs> raise rates. And I know that's in debate. Did Putin... Did, did Putin's war in Ukraine sideline the Fed? And I think you can look in a couple different areas. I think you look at the tech stocks and you look at the small caps. Those are the stocks or those are the indices and, and the stocks inside of there that have been eviscerated. I think um, a note from- By Bank, the threat of raising rates. Yeah, there's a yeah. bear market in, I believe, and this is from Bank of America, and I wish I would have pulled the note before I came in. Um, it's 71%, I believe, of the NASDAQ stock are in a bear market. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Yep. Like that, that, and I think it's actually worse than that. If um, I don't know if Hunter can pull and that. And the classical out. definition of a bear market is down 20% or more. Yeah. 
And so, well, <clears throat> Tim, I know just to caveat or just add a little bonus, I guess, to that stat. I think uh, about a month ago in the middle of January, kind of near the lows, over it was like almost half of the NASDAQ had suffered a 50% pullback or more. Uh, it was some a, a crazy number such as that. We really got a lot of those coming out over the last month. And so instead of, you know, I don't think you discount what happened yesterday. What happened yesterday was an 800-point swing. In the down NASDAQ. 3%, then up 3%. I mean, I mean yeah, it just, huge. you can't discount and if you just say, well, it's just short covering, uh, I, I think none of that is helpful. And it might be true. It might have just been short covering and maybe in a week or a few days we, we roll back over or maybe we surge. And I think giving, giving a sense of uh, what's underperforming and why is helpful. And so it's my belief that this is about inflation. And, and so something came out this morning that a lot of people probably weren't paying attention to because Ukraine is just dominating the news. And let me just uh, pull it up here. It's, um, it's, a, uh, it's the uh, PCE gauge of inflation, okay? Mm-hmm. Personal consumption and expenditures. So the core personal consumption expenditures price index, the Fed's primary inflation gauge, rose 5.2% from a year ago, slightly more than the 5.1% they anticipated. That part doesn't matter. What matters is this is the highest it's been since 19. 19- 83. And so included, including food and energy prices, headline PCE. See, the number they give you that they present is X food and energy, but then they've got the other one. And and let's not pause there. Let's pause there for a second. They give you an X food and energy number. And Danny is the biggest proponent of saying, what, you don't drive and eat? And and those are my two biggest expenditures. Yeah. And so on a monthly basis, core PCE rose point. Five percent, point point yeah point five percent. It's in in line with Mesa. While the headline was up point six, like it's up six point one year over year. If you include food and energy, you're up six point one percent. Your wages aren't keeping up with this, and herein lies the problem. And so, the war in Ukraine exacerbates what's already happening here in the United States with inflation. It makes it worse. Or disruptions, yeah. And so uh, it would be great if there was no war in Ukraine. And, and I think that that helps the markets um, with uh, coming. I think that helps the markets, obviously, because, um, well, it helps the markets because it, w- it would tamp down an exacerbated inflation situation. And what do I mean? Russian wheat is a big product uh, that, that circulates through Europe. We grow enough wheat here, Dave. But oh, charts are not responding. I kind of wish I would have restarted my computer. Wheat is up since November. Here, I'll get my chart up here. Let's see if I can adjust it. Now, wheat's down 7% today. That's a big move. But here is, here's just January. Let's just do wheat from January. Wheat from January is up 25%. From November, it's up 40%. That's that's a huge staple of, of everyone's diet in this world, wheat. How about, uh, how about oats? Uh, let's do uh, forward slash Zio. Oats are big. Oats are up 40%. And you're like, well, Tim, that, that looks like a big rollover chart. If you go back uh, on a weekly chart here, look at, oats from last, look at oats from last year. Oats are up 80%. These are huge moves. And so what is inflation? And we could, we could run through um, 
Uh, soy is up big. We can, we've done oil. We've done energy. commodities. Yeah. yeah. Like what, what does this have to do with NASDAQ and Russell stock? There, when you have inflation like this and buying power is, uh, going, is already being tamped down, See, the, what they're going to tell you is that Americans are still spending. That same article that I was just uh, highlighting the number from, they're saying, well, spending is up too. Yeah, but it's on food and energy. <laughs> well, well, well yeah, this, is the, this is the part that we need to point out. It's not inflation adjusted. Right. I mean, it, it, it's up because things cost more. Well, let's, let's, so they, they, they came out with a report saying, oh, and the market kind of had a good, positive response that, oh, Consumer spending, consumer spending is, is, is up. It's strong. But you're right. Without being inflation adjusted, so if inflation is 6%, just without doing anything, consumer spending would be up 6% on average right. just because prices went up. So if I, because it's just dollar amount. So if I, it's not units and it's not inflation adjusted. So if I go buy something this year, this exact same thing from last year, now I paid 6% more. So it looks like, Consumer spending is up. Look at this beautiful chart of Mosaic. Mosaic, since last fall, is up over 35%. That's the fer- fertilizer to grow all this stuff. It, it is astounding right now what we're seeing. And, and everyone's waiting for the peak. When's the peak? When's the peak? When's the peak? And I don't think you'll know. They don't ring the bell, right, when it's peak inflation. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think what you'll see is, you have, the only way to slow this down is to decrease demand. And we've, we've highlighted this, right? But I think the clue is actually going to be in the NASDAQ. I think it lies in the NASDAQ. That um, if you can see the NASDAQ start to outperform, if you can see stocks with high multiples stop being re-rated, stop being... Repriced. Yeah, yeah re- repriced. Stop, like if you got an 80 PE, yeah. you're being taken down to a 30, 40 PE. Because inflation kills demand. And, and, and maybe you'll also see it, say, in um, the XOI. By the way, it wasn't a really bad quarter in the Home Depot and the Lowe's. Now, they might say that's tied to housing, but that's still XLY, which is consumer discretionary. And consumer discretionary, you, need to, you would need that to see. How, look at consumer discretionary right now. The, the Qs are up uh, over percent. S&Ps and Dow are up closer to 2% on the day. As we're talking to you at 10.30, uh, European close time, central time here in the United States, and XLY is only up a percent. It's, it's up, but it's underperforming. And I think that the story here, like when 2015 happened uh, in August, and it was all Greek, 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 Greek debt, right? Mm-hmm. The world's going to collapse on Greek debt. Turns out it was about China and the Yuan, right? Mm-hmm. Like it turns out like that was the thing. So, yeah, don't look over there. Look, yeah. Pay attention to Greece. Yeah. Greece was the excuse. Yeah, and, and I wonder right now, like there's this horrific thing going on in the Ukraine, okay? But nothing has changed inflation-wise. Ukraine exacerbates it. But back home, these numbers that I read to you are old. They're, they're pre-Ukraine. And, right, right. And so... It was happening before the... Yeah. yeah. What stops this freight train? Like, are we magically going to get um, a basket of chips to fill all the cars sitting in the lots of the auto manufacturers? Is that backlog going to cease? Are we, are we, you see Carvana bought 
an auto auction for two, like a, a network, a physical auto auction network. Like there's a couple big ones. Mannheim is one of them. I grew up near the Mannheim auto auctions in Pennsylvania. But there's another one out there, and they bought the network for $2.2 billion. Carvana sells nothing but used cars. They're, they're running out of used cars. Mm-hmm. Like it, and you don't make, if you think it's ending, right? Like you think that this is. You, the inflation cycle is over. And, and, and things are going to, yes. And you think things are going to get, start getting back to a little bit of normalcy. You don't go out and spend $2 billion so you have a continuous pipeline of used cars. You just rely on what, how you grew your business the, the way you were doing it before. Now they, they needed to go out and secure what? Their supply chain. That's Carvana's supply chain. Mm-hmm. They needed to go do what Walmart did and Target did, where they were buying, where they vertically were, integrating. Well, well, yeah, and they were they were going to, and they were taking control of their own container ships. They mm-hmm. weren't buying container ships. They were hey, that's that's Walmart's container ship. And yeah, you're, we're leasing that out long term, and, and we're directing what port it goes to, so we can continue to get goods into our stores and not have bare shelves like a lot of other retailers do. Mm-hmm. If you think this is ending, you don't do what Carvana did. If you think the peak is here and so what is working here like wh- where do you go to find um because if the story truly is inflation don't we just go right back and, and and the fed and and if if the fed is going to have to raise rates aggressively aren't markets just going to do what they did in january i don't know but i do know that there's some areas that are working right now that can help investors and it's the yielding. It's what's in demand right now is higher yielding stocks and ETFs. And some of these are tied to commodities. They just happen to have really nice yields, okay? And so when I was putting this together, I kind of started highlighting this in um, the Wednesday video because it's easy to go um, everything bad, right? Bear is roaring, everything bad. Where, where do investors go? Because some 401ks, yeah, you can go to cash or, or cash equivalents, but are there some areas? that you could look at that, um, that might be worth your time. So uh, we'll start with a couple of commodity-based ETFs with, that have high yields, okay? IA, uh, I gotta look at this one, IAUF, which is a gold uh, ETF, okay? Mm-hmm. It's gonna, the chart's a little spiky here because of what, what took place uh, yesterday in Ukraine. This yields 7.68%. Okay, gold ETF. How about an oil ETF? OILK. Uh, what was that first ticker? <laughs> I, I a it doesn't trade much, uh, and so you need to take that into account. I would have called you, Don. It doesn't it doesn't trade that much for individual investors. But and, you can use a, you can uh, call and get a negotiated bid, or you can you could, work the yeah. order do a VWAP. Sorry, what what was, I didn't catch the ticker though. Sure, India Alpha Uniform Foxtrot. Oh, F on the end. Okay, F Frank. Yeah. All right, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Um, you know, OILK, which to me, when I look at it closely, it looks like a wink. Oh, I, was about to say, I was just about to say, I was picturing that in my mind. Were you really? Yes. Yeah. I was just about to say, oink. Yeah. I, sorry. I, I just want to make sure we're giving out accurate information. I'm showing zero yield on IAUF through MarketSmith. That's a gold. I'm showing uh, seven posit. I'm showing 7.7%. Okay, we'll have to follow up on that and find out. Yeah, I just I A U Frank, I shares gold strategy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Because gold typically doesn't pay a 
Well, if it's a miners, it, it might, but if it's a gold fund, it normally doesn't. So how about XLP? Oh. And we can look at these. Oh, we're on OILK. Let's look at oil. So 3% yield. How about um, IDV? 3.78. And let me show you this chart of ID, IDV. India, Delta, Victor. And so there's places here. Now, the, the disclaimer when you're looking, like that, Tim, that looks like a horrible chart. And I say, look, go to the weekly. Find what time frame works for you on your investing plan or your trading plan. But here's the thing. If, the, if there's no amount of yield, if your price is declining 30 40 50%. 7% doesn't matter. 7% none of this matters. What you're looking for is sideways chop to up. Sideways chop to up. And if you can find that, I think that's what gets you through this period. You're like, well, Tim, shouldn't we have been in, you know, shouldn't if you brought this out to our attention like in December? I don't think this. I don't. I think this is what's happening this year. Yeah, yes, yeah, the rotation think, has occurred. Yes. Yeah, I don't think you're late to the party. How about uh, Victor Yankee Mike? Let's take a look. This was what Don brought up. Let me. I wrote this one down. This this is the Vanguard one, right, Don? Right. Yeah. Yeah, Victor Yankee Mike. And so take a look at this chart in a week. Look at that. Nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Kind of looks like the IDV chart. And so, well, then what about some individual names? What 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 are they showing? So, uh, by the way, we'll show you the yield here on uh, Victor Yankee Mike, 3.42 on the yield. Does that say net change or is that yield? Right here? Oh. You're, you're, I'm sorry. My um, Audio listeners of the show, check out the video on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. 3.42%. Danny, that's the price for the day. Okay, okay, got it. Um, and then how about, let's do a couple individual stocks here. And like, uh, Kellogg here, three point five percent yield. Kellogg's chart looks great, or, or as Tony the Tiger would say, right. There's a weekly chart of Kellogg's, and then we'll look at uh, Coke. Coke has a great looking chart, and then we'll look at the yield on Coke. And then you know we show you Mosaic too. So uh, Ko is two point eight three. Then uh, MOS, which we looked at the chart already, it's about a one percent to point nine five percent. And so that got me thinking. Like I wonder if Hunter, who always has a great list of stocks to discuss, has any high yielding names that we could throw in here and uh, give to the listeners. Yeah, uh, try out UPS, recent gap up that kind of failed, um, not kind of, but came all the way back, but trying to bounce like everything else right now. I think they're right at about 3%. They are about um, 3%. Exxon, let's one of the biggest oil names out there. Yeah, go ahead, man. Yeah, let's do, uh, let's do yield and chart. And so here's UPS real quick. It's on a weekly, folks. If you want to, just so you know what time frame I'm looking at here, it's a weekly. Uh, you said, um, what name, Hunter? Exxon, XOM. Thank you. Oh, four and a half percent. Let's take a look at Exxon. Not a bad looking chart. What you got, Hunter? What else you got? AVGO, Broadcom. Doesn't look spectacular on the daily, but not much does right now. It actually doesn't look bad compared to its peers. Weekly still looks okay. Um, Almost I think this one's right around 3%. Yep. And then last one, just because it is related to a commodity, SCCO, Southern Copper Corporation. Uh, I know you mentioned some of these are related to commodities, but wow, uh, I believe SCCO, nice okay. yield. Yeah, about 5% or 6% nearly. So there's some good ones, I think, kind of in a bunch of different sectors, shipping, semiconductor, oil, and then copper. Yeah, and look, you're, you're just trying to, if you have to be long, 
for some reason. Being long uh, Tesla, which uh, up a percent today, that, that chart's, that's a weekly chart. That, that chart's pretty destroyed on a daily, on a daily basis. That, that, those are tough. I mean, finding support here at the 10-week. But there are a lot of tough, like, look at this um, uh, Amazon chart. I mean, from 37.73 down, you know, you're down. You're like, well, Tim, that's only 300 points. Those are big, these are big moves for these big mega cap stocks. Yeah. And so right now, it might, it might be that the, getting ahead here is finding yielders that chop, uh, that, that, that chop sideways or have a little upward bias, holding weekly support, and you're not, you're, 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 getting, more, you're getting more in div than you're losing. But that, those are hard to find, and that's why I want to talk about it, because you're going to see a lot of names with tremendous yields, but their charts are destroyed. Right, and part of the reason they have tremendous yields is because their charts are just, I mean, because they, they, they pull back yep. so, they've gone yeah. down so much mm-hmm. that, that the yield is higher. Now, at some point, when they finish that bottoming process and they, they start coming up on strong volume, that would be the time to take a position if it looks good on the chart. Yeah, and, and a lot of things don't, you're going to, some, some things, you need a, this is why I tell people, you need a trigger. Well, not, and it, well, you made a great point. I want to make sure it's not lost on the listeners. Your basic, you were saying that yield is good, it's okay, but the, you, you got to make sure it makes sense and the chart looks good first. Don't, in other words, don't just buy a stock for the yield. No. Don't ever buy a stock just for the yield. No, but people do that in, oh. try, in trying to put income portfolios they together. They screen for yield and yeah. they buy the highest yield. The higher the yield, the higher the risk in most circumstances. Yeah, and if you yeah. and if you're an IBD or like and a lot of folks that listen to us happen to uh, they they like IBD. One of the best screens you can put together uh, would incorporate price stability rating. Right. And the closer you get to one on the stability, the better the better it is for yielding stocks or ETFs. Because you're trying to buy stability. Yeah, for the yield. Right? Yeah, you're not looking for volatility. You're looking for st- it's the exact opposite of what you know. If you're in an uptrend. And you and then you can buy those high multiple stocks with high volatility. Stocks, yeah. yeah, because that's the environment. I don't know if that. I don't think one day. It, just because I don't think it doesn't mean it's not true. One day, Thursday. I don't know if it changed that environment. And so, I approach the market as I don't know. And so, what's on an on an up day, a generally bullish day, a, a follow through day, if you would, which we're getting so far today, to yesterday. What's what's under why why is the Nasdaq potentially underperforming? And I think the underlying issue of inflation hasn't gone away. Mm-hmm. And so it's just not it's probably I mean, who wants to talk who wants to talk inflation when when it's more exciting and, and, and it's right in front of you uh to talk Ukraine. And so um that do, that doesn't mean you can't make money buying high multiple stocks. Oh, yeah. But no, if absolutely. but if it's still a sell the rip environment You'll you'll find out real quick when when um, there isn't an upward buy a bent in the market and they contract these stocks again. Well, but so because uh, I had a, a few people call me yesterday and said, "Well, God, well, that was a huge reversal. What do you what do you think?" And I said, "Well, if you had to ask me to speculate of the reason, because everybody always wants to know the reason, mm-hmm. you know, Howard always calls me and sees a, a, a Howard. Howard a, is a longtime friend. Of the yeah, show. yeah, yeah, he is. He is." 
And Howard calls me up and he's because he reads it. He sees a, a, a story in, in the in the media. And so he tries to associate that with mm-hmm. the stock movement. And I said, Howard, that's been priced in. By the time you read it, it's already priced in. But but yesterday you had such a massive reversal. So I, I said, well, number one, you can never discount the Fed because they don't want it to completely go to hell in a handbasket. And they can always they have the authority to buy behind the scenes without telling anybody. So you can always have that Fed put. And you never know when they're going to do it. But I personally think, if I had to speculate, mm-hmm. the reason that it reversed so much is once Putin really started to invade and it became clear the West was going to do nothing but jawbone, just say, okay, sanctions, stop doing that, be, play nice, and nobody's going to do anything, it was a relief because everybody said, oh, we're, it's not going to escalate, we're not going to a bigger, Russia's going to take Ukraine, all right, let's move on. Nothing right. to see here. I think, Don, what was that phrase you said that the old adage on Wall Street? You were talking about sell the, buy the, buy the rumors. Oh, buy buy the cannons, sell the trumpets. Yeah, (laughs) buy the cannons, sell the trumpets. But anyway, uh, but it really doesn't matter whether either of those two reasons are right. Mm -hmm. The market is starting to rally. Now, that's why you need rules to both get you in and get you out. So we've been adding, so we were, completely in cash yesterday morning at the open, which is the last time we were like that was March COVID of 2020. Okay. So, so sure. We went down a little bit the past few weeks, but much less than the market. Now that the market's bouncing, obviously the way the strategy is built, we're slightly behind because we've got to add positions, but you can start adding positions and still have a sell discipline in case it's a dead cat bounce. You can get back out. But it, you're right. This may not be sustainable. We yeah. have to see. Yeah, I, I want to be really clear yeah. here. Like, I don't think people should discount what took place. Right. You, uh, I just wake up going, I wonder why this is underperforming. Or right. what, what, I don't, to say I have a pre-position, pre-position bias, like, um, some people say, what does war with Ukraine have to do with America, Right. And and hence why I kind of started with the callous nature yeah, of yeah. of what's happening in America. Twitter. That's what I, I'm. You know, when they show me what's trending, it's typically what's trending in America. Right. And 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 the fact people are making memes about this, and it's like, are they not taking this seriously? It's a very serious topic. And it's, um, you know, maybe they don't think it affects them, but it's it's inflate. I think it's inflation. Inflate. This. Oh, it'll disrupt some things. Th- yeah. This war with Ukraine. Well, Joy Behar is concerned about her Italian vacation getting canceled. There are legitimate <laughs> concerns here. She hasn't been to Italy in four years. Does everybody? Did everybody know that before I did? I saw that on Twitter too, and I wasn't going to bring that up. But I hadn't heard yeah. about it till Don just mentioned it. So I. You know. Oh no, she. It's it's trending on Twitter. Like, oh yeah. Like that. She on a national television show, like literally was more concerned about her trout. Like I, I I haven't seen the clip. I couldn't I couldn't bring myself to want to go watch that. I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. Talk about callous. Oh, I'm concerned about my trip to Italy. It's unfair. It is unfair. Yeah, I, I yeah. mean, I don't know what to do with that. So I'm just going to keep keep. Good Segue to IAUF. They pay. Uh, they pay back to our uh, yield question on that. Oh. They pay dividends annually. They paid them. They paid a, a nice dividend in 2019 and 2020, but none in 2021. So that's the reason for the difference in the uh, yields on our wow. two different platforms that we pulled. I on. wonder if they'll be paying. Uh, with with gold now at a we've gold's at a two year one year higher it's, it's been you know, rallying yeah been rallying um 
And that, and that, and what happened yesterday too? Uh, I don't know if it's a one day wonder. I'm going to point a couple things out, then we'll go to the fellas, uh, like as we normally do. So let me point out you. Um, Treasuries and gold. Well, well, hold on. I got the VIX futures chart up here. Um, so uh, it's easier to look at this on an ATR chart. There's the mean one, two, and three. And if you have any questions about this, by the way, um, what I'm doing with that ATR, we get new listeners all the time, and I try to cover the ATR charts when I do the videos on Wednesday nights. But if you don't know, there's my email address. Danny's a great Tim interpreter if you don't understand what we're talking about. Uh, 732-5932. want to talk to the fellas. Uh, Don uh, Hunter. Merrill is awesome. That's who uh, you'll have the most interaction with, most likely, when you uh, when you first onboard here at Revere, if you want to become a client of the firm or just... Um, she makes everything go smoothly. Merrill, Merrill's great. Yeah, yeah. Merrill, Merrill is uh, a huge win for uh, the home team here. So here's the, the mean again. So the VIX hasn't even come down to the mean. Like, for sure, I would have thought that... I mean, it was the biggest move since the rallies off of the lows from the pandemic, uh, March, April. And yet the VIX futures haven't come down yet. And so that, that to me in itself is a little disconcerting. I, I would be like, you know, like full steam ahead if, uh, if, if this was coming down low. And maybe it does by the end of the day. What do I know? Um, but... This market, oh, it didn't even spike up to the third ATR. And we had that, that big of a point decline. If you get back up here for some reason to the two ATR to the three ATR, that is a significant move lower coming in the markets. And, uh, and, and so if you thought Thursday morning was, was bad, if, you were to, if, if this VIX is to creep up here, it, you're going to see your, these markets, I would say, significantly lower. So the, the VIX became less inverted. Oh yeah. Yeah, yesterday. Yeah. But they're still inverted. Yeah. That's that is a big deal, especially after yesterday. Yeah. And so far what's been happening today with yeah. the markets up nicely again mm-hmm. two days in a row. You would think that they would uninvert and would come down. And the VIX futures to me are a leading indicator. They're not they're not the end all to be all. Yeah. There's no one piece of information uh you look at in a vacuum. Now unless Biden says we're sending in troops or we're going to nuke them. That would be one piece of information <laughs> you, you could absolutely look at in the vacuum and go, I should probably sell. But there's no one piece of information on these charts that, I mean, because I'm quite sure somebody, somebody read the same story I did today, uh, about uh, PCE and inflation. And, it, and it's bad, Danny, it's bad. And is just pissed off at the markets that they're not going down. Don't they know it's bad? And and I and, and look, you're gonna you're gonna wear yourself out on stocks and markets if you keep looking at the markets like that. Um, well, the other thing is you've got to remember. I have this debate well with Howard, but with lots of people all the time. The markets, a lot of times, they know the story before the news is ever broken. It's already made the move. What you're reading has been priced in already. If you, it, you, you so people to read a story and then try to plan their investment plan around that story the next week or two or month or whatever. And it, it doesn't, it doesn't work very well. It makes well. it tough. Yeah, it makes it tough. And so look, what I'm pointing out here is that this, this is actually off the lows of the day, the VIX futures. Like they're, they've actually uh, stopped going lower and the markets are still up. I, I find that to be interesting. 
the put call ratio, these are all set. Like, even though I say the VIX futures are a leading indicator, they, they were leading, like on Friday, hey, markets are uh, showing this. I haven't seen this in a while. You know what the best concurrent real-time indicator is? Price. The markets themselves. Yeah. Price. And, yeah. Then, and if you're just looking for like a heads up that, that, you know, that I found to be reliable in, I'll say, normalized markets where we're not pumping. By the way, the Fed has not stopped buying bonds yet. They have, uh, yes. they have yes. not stopped buying bonds. Now, they've stopped sending, we, the, the government stopped sending money to people, you know, months ago. And you're finally, I think, starting to, you know, you you've saw that in January when that pipeline of money going into space, SPCE, and a whole bunch of other uh, SPACs, mm-hmm. um, or DraftKings, or Penn, or whatever the uh, stock du jour is. SPAC money has been wrung out. Uh, yeah, yeah, because the pipeline stopped. Yeah. But it took a couple months, yeah. right? And uh, the Fed, though, has not stopped buying bonds. Man, what's going to happen the day they're not there to buy bonds? And bond prices go down. Because yields spike. And yields spike. And we're going to look at that relationship in a moment. But look at the put call. Put call here isn't. isn't You're assuming they can stop buying bonds. See, I, my, my thought is there's no way. They might be able to taper a little bit but there's no way they'll ever be able to walk away completely. Once uh, you start monetizing, you, you can't reverse. I, I'd be willing to bet the coffee on that. that they're Look gonna, at Japan. 30 years. They're still buying bonds. I'd said I'd be willing to bet a cup of coffee. Okay. Just take the bet. You don't I'll get, take the bet. Okay, take the bet. Uh, so look at this 10-day uh, moving average. Just stop. I, I want to see that higher. You had this one-day spike, and you put this really beautiful reversal candle. I'd, I'd love to see a little more. I mean, now you're just back down to 0.75 neutral. Uh, 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 a neutral. I'd like to see more fear. Like, like our market's moving that quickly. That, uh, and, and the reason why I want to see more fear is because that fuels the bullish nature, right? More, more, more shorts get blown out, more covering occurs, and markets continuously go higher. But the VIX futures stopped falling for a little bit here. Put call ratio wasn't showing me. I mean, we had a one-day fear event. One day fear event. That's it. That's all war does these days, Danny, is a one day fear event. Well, we had a few days before that selling off. I mean, it it trickled down. But there it did was, but the yeah. day before the market the day before uh the invasion on Wednesday, look, look at how low the put call ratio got. Like we're you know, like like people I mean, whether you believe them or not, I guess you cry wolf enough times, people stop listening and maybe Maybe you could accuse people in the government of crying wolf. Hey, they're going to invade on the 16th and the 16th occurs. And hey, it's a, it's a Valentine's Day invasion. You know? Well, I think it also eased off because we telegraphed the fact that we weren't going to do anything. No, no. Oh, we, oh, let oh, Russia, we, we, yeah, we gave Russia yeah. a wink and a nod and said, we're not going to do anything. Do what you want. Yeah. So, well, that's a whole other discussion. Right, whether, right, right. whether our sanctions passe, right, right, you know, right, like right. what gets. Yeah, I, I, I don't. We, that, the response. Is a whole another show. Right. It's a I, whole other yeah, show. Whole yeah, a yeah, whole other show. So now ADD keeps going higher. So look, I, I think you just take it, take it day by day. Don't discount. Do not discount this rally. Because what happened yesterday is not. Insignificant. Oh, no. no not, it's this not, rally could have legs and it could have yep. some momentum. Look, the market will go up a lot further than you think, and it'll sell off a lot further down than you think. So what happened yesterday was what is why you see articles uh, with bonds. What happened yesterday with bonds and interest rates is why you see articles today 
about did Ukraine sideline the Fed. So here is, and let me zoom in on this chart real quick. These are the 10-year uh, note. That's exactly what I was looking at. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> 1.97, okay, is what is how you read this chart. So it, 10-year notes are yielding 1.97. And yesterday, the yields came down. This is a big move, this candle right here that I'm circling. The yields came down significantly. And it's it, it, it because why? That means bonds were being bought. There was a flight to safety taking place. And so that flight to safety taking place by the buying, not, not just the government buying our bonds, but worldwide, people stepping in to buy U.S. Treasuries, mm-hmm. caused, ye- caused rates to go lower. Yes. And that's what that, but that, that's not what the Fed wants. The Fed, that's the antithesis of what the Fed wants. The Fed's like, geez, can we catch a break here? Yields are going lower. Inflation is going higher. We're trying to crush inflation. We need to kill inflation so we can get this economy back to, to some kind of normal status. And the antithesis of what they needed to happen took place yesterday. But now, here we are, uh, back on the move higher. And by the way, note that they, only, they found support at minus one ATR. They recovered the mean. And now they're back up on the march. And I think this is significant in every little piece, right? It, it, it's not a primary indicator, but every little piece goes to shape your worldview. Okay, so now let's take a look here. Well, Tim, can you tell me? And I don't know why I do that voice when I have, there's people that question me, uh, which you're fine. We question you all the time. They're, fine. <laughs> I, welcome, I, I welcome constructive criticism into the inbox. I tend not to, 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 to uh, I, get, I get some hate mail from some folks. Well, it's good to know it doesn't get to you. No, not even close. Not like, even close. No, no, not, <laughs> gosh, no, not even close. That's why I do the voice. Team, can you just stop telling jokes and get, let Danny talk. And Danny, Danny, by the way, only forwards, this is no joke, only forwards the love Danny emails to us. So if oh that is so nice. Those are the only ones that come in. Yeah. Oh my gosh! It's so nice. I only sees. get love Danny emails. Oh, <laughs> if you if on the thumbnail and the Danny Romcon yeah. portion of the thumbnail we got Red Dawn. If you can do Danny Romcon loving Danny, oh, like like yeah, like right. like Danny hugging Danny. I don't know what that looks like in your what mind. That looks like either. Yeah, if you could just factor that in All there. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Danny spooning Danny. Perfect. I don't know if that's going on YouTube. Nope. But. Nobody wants to think about that in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> My goodness, Daniel. That, that will not you, be on the Hallmark Channel. You, did, you didn't what? listen to this, Tim. Yeah. I'm just visualizing. The I was, I'm serious. Like. You know what? I've got it the, actually might be on the Hallmark Channel. Let, let, me pit, let me just paint the picture for you. It's Danny on the Putin horse. <laughs> Bear. It's a bear. It's, yeah, looking down. <laughs> spooning on, a bear. No. <laughs> looking down at Danny spooning Danny. Disapproving. Yeah. All right. If you yeah. could just like have, have. I'll get the graphics team on that. Yeah. yeah, would, yeah, you, yeah. would you please? Send that, that down. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. It's perfect. Where were we? By the way, could yeah, I make graphics one Graphics team's going to quit after that. Yeah. In a world where Danny can't find love because he's too busy working deals, I can't handle it. Eating Sabaro pizza while going through an airport. Danny finds love. What's up, Danny? Can I make, well, you were, you were talking about the Fed, about they're, they're kind of frustrated with Ukraine because now interest rates are going down and they really want them to go up. Yeah. This is my opinion. I think they're jawboning about interest rates going up. I don't think they really, because if they really wanted rates to go up, Tim, 
All they got to do is stop buying the treasuries. Stop. Yeah. They would go up immediately. Because yeah. there's not a big enough demand outside of that. I mean, they're buying $60 billion a month. I, and I, there's not I, enough I, big enough player to go in there. And I don't disagree with you here. Yeah. Um, and, and this whole thing, just to circle back one, one time here, this whole thing where they're saying spending hasn't slowed down. Danny made a very salient point that I want to make sure that listeners understand here. Danny's point was it's not units they're measuring, it's dollars. Right. So you could be buying less dial soap, okay? Like you, you could, and, but still have Spending this, still went up. Still spending still went up because dial soaps cost Think more. about your gas. Gas yeah. is up 20, 30, 40%. Yep. So now you've just spent. Yeah, America. drive the same, so but you, your spending went up 20%. And you can see some politicians standing on the front lawn of the White House going, you see, America's not letting this inflation slow us down. We're kicking it in the butt. And the truth of the matter is you're losing somewhere. And I, I think that, And it's the discretion spending, which yeah. is the growth, the technology, the stuff that you can do without. You can't do without food and, ener- and, and transportation right. and energy. Yeah. You can always put off buying that new computer. And look, you can, if you, and I'm, this is not me being facetious. If you want to have these discussions with, Danny loves talking about this stuff. If you're like, I'd like to be a little more educated on what you guys are talking about. I don't see the information that you guys see. I'm, I'm really busy. Dan at Revere Asset, I refer to him as America's fiduciary for a reason. Look, we don't sell insurance. We don't sell uh, annuities. We don't sell uh, anything but the strategies to which we provide our clients. And even if you're not a client, Danny is going to steer you in the right direction. Whether you have a question about life insurance, uh, type and need, uh, whether you have a question about annuities. And a lot of folks in our world that listen to the show and our clients, their parents have these products. And their parents are being pitched these products. And so uh, arming yourself, not with the opposite, you know, it's not, like, it's not you against them, but arming yourself with knowledge, like with facts, that you can have salient discussions with your loved ones and people you care about is extremely helpful because right now the commercials that are running are, for, if you're watching any news, the commercials running now are for gold, the stability of gold. And, 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 and I've always contended that if we're paying for bread with gold, we've got a bigger issues. <laughs> you better have some lead too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and the next, the next point is you're going to see commercials for annuities. Oh, lifetime income. Is the volatility getting to you? Guaranteed income, and and it's not that everything's evil. It's that there, there's things that make these products very dangerous. And we we highlighted one of them where you store physical gold Listen, yes, yourself. And, yeah, and if you've got if you've got an annuity salesman that's just hotboxing you and giving you trouble, just give me a call. I'll give you uh, a, a list of a couple of annuities that are not that I'm promoting them because I still. They're still not the best alternative. They're a tool. Right. But they've got ones that are no load, no commission, no surrender penalty. You can put the money in one day, take it out the next. You don't hear about those because the guy doesn't make a big commission. Right. So you could take it to him and say, well, here's this one. Why don't we do this one? Because it has no surrender penalties and no big commission. It'll shut him up right away. Because he, he there's no way to defend that. Yeah. And, and the question to ask you, and it doesn't just because, look, I, fiduciary is a word that's not very familiar in American lexicon. Or, or any lexicon. It's just the, the fact that we work in an industry, and, I, and I, I despise our industry for this, that we had to create a class, a word. Well, it was already created, but we had to make a designation of the word because in our industry, there are people that don't look out for your best interest. 
It's a legal definition in this industry to be Under called the a, best interest. Well, that, well I, want to, I want to talk about this for a second. It's a legal definition to be called a fiduciary in this industry. It's not something you can throw around lightly. You have to ask the person that you're working with, are you a fiduciary? Because the meaning is that they look out for the client first and then everything else secondary. Imagine you go to your doctor and you had to ask, does he represent the drug companies or does he represent, does he represent you? You might be surprised. Well, that's the, they put people, they put doctors in prison. Right. That, that's the right. whole Oxycontin right. thing. Right. 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 They've thrown doctors in prison, and the Purdue family is having issues. My dad was vehemently against that because a lot of doctors yeah. weren't disclosing their conflicts. Right. And so these issues exist in all industries. But in the, you would never, most people wouldn't think, and that's the shocking part about uh, when you see the prosecutions, that they were, they were in cahoots with the drug companies. Uh, with doctors that they throw them in prison because the trust that the, that we have to have with medical practitioners is sacred. That is assumed in this industry that if you're working with a, a go ahead, Danny. Well, so there's a big fight going on right now. We've talked about this for the last two or three, four years. Okay? Mm-hmm. So I went to purely fee-based only fiduciary model in the late nineties when you could kind of first do it easily. <clears throat> and, and, and now they're having this big fight the last few years and I'm just sitting back enjoying it. But there's a fiduciary model, which you're, you only represent the client, you only charge a fee, there's no commissions, stuff like that. Right. Then you've got the best interest model, which sounds good. Oh, it's in your best interest. Well, it's really in the broker, which is under the brokerage model. So if the guy's a broker and he's making commissions, best interest just means, is it suitable for you? So there can be three or four different classes of mutual funds. And as long as it me, it's an aggressive growth fund or whatever, small cap, he can put you in a loaded, more expensive share or one with surrender penalties. As long as it's suitable for you, he meets the best, in, in, best interest requirement, not the, the lowest right. share of the fund. Well, now, so now, the, so there's a big fight going on between these brokers or duly registered brokers and advisors versus just truly fee-based only advisors like us, right? Mm-hmm. So now they're talking about tweaking the if you do the regulators are they're 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 asking for input and, and talking about this right now. They're trying to merge and they're trying to make the brokers be more putting the client's best interest at first. They're trying to merge it so that it's kind of more fidu- but what they're doing is they're trying to go toward the middle and they're actually talking about revamping the fiduciary so that theoretically you could still do some commission stuff or some one-time transactional things and still be called a fiduciary. It hasn't happened yet, but if it does, that's a sad day in our, our industry. That's, yeah. I mean, no, that's a little, yeah. Anyway, going back to this TNX chart. So let me show you this when TNX, uh, as this is the mean on this chart. So it comes back to the mean when, um, around, around this end of January timeframe. And so let's take a look at this. So uh, if you look on the top of your chart here, you're looking at 118 and you can see that yields are coming back lower. Well, let's look at that 118 to the end of January timeframe on S&Ps and see what we see. So we'll put SPY up here. And so there's my chart. Let's find uh, 118. Here is 117. Look at this time frame. Now you start to bounce, right? Yields come off, and you're starting to bounce. But then, what 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 is the what is significant here and here? 
Oh my gosh, looks like a smiley face. Did not mean to do that. Is that Danny? <laughs> little, little smiley face. Uh, yields started to spike again. TNX was going higher. And then, and then look at what. So this market right now, in this repricing of stocks, at the moment, doesn't care for TNX, 10-year treasury notes, doesn't care for interest rates going higher. And they haven't, now just pause. So if the market at the moment, the relationship doesn't care for interest rates moving higher, what is going to happen when they just stop buying bonds? Because if you stop buying bonds, bond prices for their inverse relationships, bond prices fall, interest rates go higher. And, and there's an and, they do a rate raise. That is the equivalent of, in this world, financial shock and awe. Mm-hmm. Demand goes down, so does price. If bond price goes down, yields go up. It's, this market is not done being fascinating. What we're living through is history and will be written about how from 2008. So, so and by the way, uh, what, what, how, it was seven or eight rate raises that finally triggered. Remember, Danny, who coined the phrase? Uh, that was Bernanke. Greenspan. It was Greenspan. 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 Bubbles Greenspan. Yes. Started raising rates. He was the master. He raised rates uh, into the uh, the millennium, and you had 2,000 peak, 01 fail. When I say master, I mean master. You're being facetious. Yes. Then you had the, what, 12 to 15 rate raises from Ben Bernanke from 05 to, to get energy prices. Are we going to slow this housing market? Raised them right into a recession. They're the biggest one since the Great Depression. And now here we are on the precipice of two. It's two whammies, Dan. It's we're going to stop buying bonds. And we're going to raise rates. My goodness. It's like your car crashes and catches on fire. (laughs) Won't happen. Can't do it. And and that and that and, and that's what I wonder if markets are betting on. Like and that's why you you want to look for the clues because I don't we don't have the answers. And Don will say, and Don would pipe in here with a Don voice. I just follow the charts, and he doesn't even look over the camera. But I would just the only follow. thing that's a fact, not an opinion. There you go. <laughs> and and that's and that's why you just look and you're like, okay, what's what's shaping up here? Well, the plausible. So putting my Tim Turpeter on. The plausible argument, I, I just don't want it to get lost to the, to the layman watching the show for the first time. What Tim's saying is, even though the Fed has been jawboning about raising rates and stop buying bonds, stop supporting keeping rates low and bond prices up, they're going to do the opposite. The Ukraine now has kind of given them an excuse to pause, or maybe that's at least what the market believes, that the Fed may be not be under so much pressure now the focus is off the member just two weeks ago everything was about the fed you couldn't everything was on the front page the ukraine has now knocked the fed off the front page i guarantee you jay powell is doing backflips saying thank you putin i am now no longer the most hated man in the world you are and now he is not he's off the front page he's he it gives them a little reprieve yeah we probably should have started raising rates last year Oh, yeah, they're always late both ways. 
they print too long, they cause a bubble, and then they come in too late. That's the problem with the Fed. They, they love to stimulate. They love to in, speed up the economy. But once it starts speeding up too fast, they never want to slow it down. And that's why they just need to stay out of the way and let the, let the cycle, the business cycle itself, regulate the economy. They caused the boom and bust cycle. Yep. And so this will be, be interesting to play out over the next couple of weeks. But in a busy market week, trying to read the, uh, reading the tea leaves mm-hmm. in real time, I think, is something that most people don't do. It's really easy to just give a macro view and just, okay, let's move on. You know, no, like what, what you've got to give validity to what took place yesterday. But there's other things under the surface, and I think uh, those are interesting to well, examine. I, I think a classic comparison for what what you just brought up everything is on the table with what the fed wants to do and compare that to yesterday's gold chart everybody was concerned about uh a big a big uh, if you want to show the gold chart gld everybody was concerned about a big the invasion of of uh, ukraine by putin and gold had been bid up over and over on that and then finally the event came you had the last hurrah gap up and that was it. That put in the top. You had a big, vicious reversal. Maybe bring up like a 15-minute charter of GLD or something I will. like that. Yeah, I, I might, everything's running slow for some reason. I, I think Swim has had a, had, Swim has had a tough week. It's true. <laughs> and it's, and it's, it's just, it was, it, was the classic, it was the classic sell the news reaction. Everybody yesterday morning was thinking, oh, my God, we got to get some gold with the Putin has invaded. The time to get gold was when it broke out and started showing relative strength a couple of weeks ago. And then yesterday, I don't know what chart that is you're showing, but the gold futures. That okay. You want GLD? Um, yeah, show GLD on like a, a sixty a 50, minute maybe. Oh, a sixty minute. Okay, I have it on fifteen. There, there's your big gap up. The last hurrah. Everybody's like, yeah, I got to get some gold. It's gonna go higher. Boom. Was up for sixty minutes, then just reversed. Uh, came down and then had another big, huge reversal after Biden spoke yesterday and people saw that the sanctions had absolutely no teeth. And that was another leg lower in GLD. The Biden put, that's twice in a week where he's spoken and the Biden put has uh, absolutely come to fruition. All right, I'll tell you what, let's let's use this uh, time as a segue to uh, Hunter. Yes, sir. So, um. Real quick, I just want to uh, piggyback on what Dan said there, just in regards to the Russia-Ukraine issue, taking some of the pressure off of the Fed, so on and so forth, how the markets responded to it. Um, I would say the fact that Russia actually invaded Ukraine eliminated a lot of uncertainty because the, the big question was, what are they going to do? Are they going to invade? What, are, how is our, what is our response going to be? And you get, over the last couple of days, we've gotten answers to a lot of that stuff. And uh, we all know it. The market hates uncertainty, even though there always is uncertainty. Uh, but it seems like there's a little bit more certainty now, whether it's good or bad. So I just wanted to throw that out there. And secondly, I wanted to give the viewers and listeners uh, kind of, I guess, a, a cheat sheet to building out a watch list over the course of the weekend or looking at looking for stocks that they think are good opportunities. So uh, first, you can watch my video yesterday. I list a bunch of good ones, and you can watch Don's video today. He's going to do the twenty-one over twenty-one. That's a good place to start. What? And you find secondly, that, one second, Mr. Hunter, you find yourasset.com. You go uh, daily market insight. That's where you find all the videos. And we will have a new website yes. very shortly in the next few days, mm-hmm. week. Yep. All right. About to go live. <laughs> go ahead, Mr. Hunter. 
Yeah, so as far as just two really easy things you can look for to identify stocks that have shown relative strength over the course of this pullback and bounce, uh, for one, you want to look for stocks that did not undercut their January 24th or their January 28th lows. So a good bit of stocks actually made a low on the 24th and undercut it on the 28th. Uh, so just be aware of that when you're going through. But you want to look for stocks above their 124 and their 128 lows, ones that did not undercut it yesterday. Secondly, you want to look for stocks that are above yesterday's high, stocks that are making uh, or closing above yesterday's high, getting above yesterday's high, getting through key levels of resistance potentially. That's really what you're looking for. So above yesterday's high and didn't undercut the 124 or 128 lows. So well, just a little let, bit let, there. Let, let me clarify that. When you're saying didn't undercut the lows, you're talking about yesterday morning when we had the gap down before the reversal. Correct. Okay, just, I, just want, I knew correct. what you meant. I just want to make sure the listeners. Yeah, and I've got, I've got some examples we can look at too. So let's go ahead and get into some stocks. I've got some, uh, some names that aren't talked about as much that we're going to look at. So Tim, will you pull up? EWR for me, mm -hmm. Quanta Services here. So this is one that reported earnings uh, yesterday, I believe. And amidst all the craziness we saw yesterday, uh, we get a really nice response uh, out of PWR here uh, to reclaim the moving averages. And then today came back down, retested I'm sorry, the moving P averages. PWR, I'm sorry. Thank you. So uh, Papa Whiskey Romeo. Yes, yes, yes. I'm, and I wasn't even looking at your chart. I was looking. I was like, wait a minute, does not side. look like anything he's talking about. Let me. There you <laughs> Is go. Is that a little better there? That's a yeah. So, so um, really, kind of was near the bottom uh, of this base that it's in here, kind of since August-ish of last year, and ended up gapping back above those moving averages. So, a lesser-known name, less talked about, but big-time volume yesterday, and a really nice candle both yesterday and today so far. So, EWR. Another one, uh, kind of on the back of the copper thing we talked about earlier, FCX is having a really nice day today, uh, as well as a nice day yesterday. Uh, this commodity kind of thing, especially the uh, like chemical agriculture and specifically copper, uh, making some really nice moves over the course of the last two days. So there are bullish charts out there. Uh, you just there, there's not a ton you got to dig through. Uh, you got to be really selective. Now, quickly, uh, Tim, just to kind of illustrate what I meant as far as not undercutting the lows and above yesterday's high, will you pull up Datadog, D-D-O-G? Mm -hmm. There you go. And obviously, this had earnings at between the 124 low and now, but you still put the same thing in context, right? So the 124 lows, like Tim has drawn there, right around 120. We never made it back to there in this most recent sell-off, not even close on Datadog here. We've got a really nice reclaim of the moving averages, and we've also pushed above yesterday's high today. So this is just a good example of what I mean when we're looking for stocks that didn't undercut those lows and are making new highs today. You could also throw in looking for really nice volume both yesterday and today uh, compared to other stocks too. So I just wanted to bring some of that stuff to your attention there. Uh, and I got a couple more here, two semiconductor names that aren't very much talked about either. Will you pull up MPWR for me, Tim? Mm -hmm. And this is, this is almost an exact <laughs> replica of what you see with Datadog. Uh, had earnings in between the 124 low and now a gap up, got back above the moving averages, sold off on a lower volume and is now reclaiming those moving averages, didn't undercut that 124 low and is making a higher high. 
Uh, so that's kind of what I'm looking for, what me and Don are looking for. It's a really simple way to look for what has shown relative strength over the last month. Um, so that's it today. I, I, that's all the stocks I've got for today. That's all the information I got for today, man. All right. Uh, Don, what you got, man? Tonight's 21 over 21. Uh, Going to have a couple of changes in it, but it's a bit surprising to me over the last three weeks how many names have held up in there. And that was uh, indicative of the pockets of strength that we saw in the market while the averages continued to make lower lows. Um, what we're seeing right now, uh, we had a, we had a thesis internally, uh, that if we got so stretched to the downside, similarly to the way that we did on 124, when we had that prior shakeout, that that would be a great contrarian spot to re-enter the market because historically the S and P does not go. Uh, even on panics, lower than uh, 9 to 10% beneath the 50-day moving average. So when we got down to 9.5% to 10% yesterday morning, we were uh, looking for a reversal. This was Thursday morning, looking for a reversal off of the bad news. Is we had already the, had... Don, is that off the 21, that 9 to 10? I'm going to draw it on the screen for folks. Off the 50. Off the, off thank, the 50. thank you. Yeah, how extended to the downside it was off the 50-day moving average. We saw something very similar uh, on 124 when we had that big whipsaw back to the upside. Uh, so we were looking for a good low-risk opportunity to re-enter the market, thinking that there was uh, all of the uh, excess had been wrung out. Everybody that wanted to sell did sell. And especially when you see something like that big gap down after four down days that we already had, you just can't, just like the markets don't go straight up, they don't go straight down either. So best case scenario, if this rally doesn't work, we've got a good low risk re-entry point, which is what we took advantage of uh, yesterday morning, adding a couple of uh, index ETFs and uh, a stock and then added a couple of more tickers today. And so far, they're all showing uh, all five positions are positive. So uh, we're going to stick with that, set our stops if we uh, fail on this uptrend. I know we're coming into the downtrending 21-day exponential moving average, which is a natural spot uh, for us to pause or fail. Uh, but I'm very impressed with the follow-up strength today, Friday, uh, off of Thursday. That's not what we saw after the 124 reversal last time. We saw four days of consolidation before we tried to break out to the upside. This time, we're seeing continued strength uh and I, I think that's a bullish sign but you know we're cautiously optimistic Excellent. as we're always down. we've got our stops in place our downside we're risking maybe one percent to the downside to uh take advantage of this move back to the upside all right don i've got one quick question you did uh purchase either one or two securities pre-market this morning no it, it wasn't pre-market it, it wasn't was right pre okay that, i just right at the open okay i just wanted to yeah, we'll talk about that in Friday night's video. Okay, tonight's video. Find, find that video, revereasset.com, uh, Daily Market Insight. If you subscribe, um, not to seal Danny's thunder, if you subscribe, it gets right delivered right to your inbox. You're not on a list. We don't call you. You're not on. We don't do any sales. We are the rarity. I, we might be the only one in this industry. We don't hotbox you. We don't, yeah, we don't. Yeah, we don't. We don't do any of this nonsense. We just send you information um in terms of videos and if you ever want to call us to help you and, and or just have a discussion it's up to you to take the, on the onus is on you to call and us. the new website will actually have <laughs> fewer 
uh, uh, headers up at the mm-hmm. top. Just to, but it still has a subscribe button, so still, it's right still there. Does. Yep, absolutely. Danny, I'll tell you what, that is a great way uh, for you to do the short outro. I mean, I just helped you. So if you can <laughs> All right, do, folks, you, listen, if you like make what it you, short. If you like what you heard, please tell a friend, tell a neighbor, send them to revereasset.com. We won't spam them or reach out to them or hassle them in any way. It's up to them to reach out to us if they want a, a topic they want us to discuss, if they want a complimentary portfolio overview or just have some questions. We're a whole, we do all, we do active portfolio management, estate planning, the whole nine yards, retirement planning, the whole uh, shebang. Uh, you can email any of us at dan at revereasset.com, Tim, Don, Hunter uh, uh, at revereasset.com. You can all, or Don, did I mention Don at revereasset.com? <laughs> I didn't want to leave you out there, Don, sorry. There. You, can all, you can also call us old school at 855 855- Real wealth. Bye. And by by the way, all complaints go to Tim at revereasset.com. <laughs> Thank goodness right. you did the long one again. <laughs> all, every week I say, please do the short one. And somehow you managed to well, do Well, it's becoming a running joke now. <sighs> I'm going to have to start adding more and more each time. Don, did I forget you? <laughs> Sorry, I was sitting there. I my... could remember. I was thinking, and I thought, I don't think I mentioned Don. <laughs> Look, one last thing, folks, uh, before, before we let you go, uh, to love and serve the weekend. Um, look at this really nice bullish weekly chart of the dollar, right? And that's interesting to me. So when I was going through the list of, hey, what is what has price stability, right? What has some price stability sideways to upward uh, moment chop or, or momentum and a yield? Danny, what do you think if I if I told you, Danny, in a world there the dollar is a bullish chart right now on a weekly basis, okay? Bullish on daily, both bullish on weekly. What do you think the yield is on UUP, which is the dollar ETF? UUP? I didn't even know it paid a yield. Oh, are you down with UUP? Huh? You know me. So, um, that's it. That's a, you down with the, you know, got it, got it. Okay. Down, down with up. Got it. You down with it? You down yeah. with it? Yeah. Okay. Um, UUP. Yeah. Pays a yield. There you go. Yeah. As I, long as the dollar stays strong or at least flat, that's good. That is good. And that, that, I don't think any. As long as there's turmoil, there's a flight normally to treasuries, gold, and the dollar. Interesting. That's one reason it, it started. As soon as it looked like just a month or two ago, that, and even probably before that, that Russia was starting to move troops and mobilize, the big institutional money will look at that, and they'll start moving money out of other currencies mm-hmm. and move into the dollar. This, and that's why you see that chart. Remember, price, the, the charts, will it'll show up on the charts first. I completely like just like Don's like gold funds don't pay yields like it, like at normal right. I I looked at the dollar and I'm like this pays a yield. This, that's nuts. I had no idea. So if you if you're worried that your dollars are being driven down less uh, every day by sitting your bank account, one way to gain a little bit back is with your dollar. Folks, we'll talk to you next week on your money.